Hello and welcome to another episode of Drama School Dropout. My name is Ingram Noble and as per usual, I am your Drama School Dropout. And on today's episode, which isn't just any other episode, it's the series finale, everyone. It's the end of Act One and to mark this series conclusion, I am joined by an incredibly talented actor and former resident of Albert Square. Please welcome to the podcast, Harry Reid. Hello. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? I'm good, good. Just sort of dealing with Happy New Year, Happy New Lockdown, which has sort of become my my new phrase, catchphrase for the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it, uh, it's it's a very different year, isn't it? Yeah, totally. Like, I, I think about this time last year, I just dropped out of uni. I was living my best life, booking auditions, and now we're all grounded. I know, I know. Why, why did you drop out of uni? Um... So I, I live in Glasgow. Um, I'll keep the story short. I live in Glasgow and I was going to Edinburgh Uni. So I was 20 quid a day on the train. Okay. Uh, the lecturers hated me and I didn't have the best relationship with them. Um, it was just like a massive variety of things like mental health uh, and feeling like a shy actor. Um, money was all that yeah. sort of stuff. Okay, okay. Shite time. Shite time, really. But we move on. Yeah. So first things first, I, I want to ask you the same questions that I always ask everyone that comes on. Yeah. What? How did you get into acting and what was your first role? Oh, wow. Um, so how did I get into acting? Well, I was always quite um, a uh, performer, I would say, as a child. In fact, yesterday I'm, I'm helping my mum clear out her stuff. So I live by myself, so she's in my bubble. Um, and uh, I'm helping her clear out her loft, and we found a, a video of my probably my first recorded acting experience in a pantomime in '98. Um, the year as, I was born. There, wow, wow, that's great. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> that was me primary school. I was a narrator in that, but but I mean seriously, when I first got into it, I was at secondary school, um, and we was able to choose it as, um, not sorry, we didn't choose it. It was given to us an hour a week in year eight at school. Uh, it wasn't a very acting based school. Like we, they didn't really care to be honest. So it was just, it was pretty crap if I'm honest with you. Yeah, but, we were the same. Yeah, it's just, it was a science based school, science technology based. So they didn't Sports really Sports based school. Mm -hmm. Yeah, love we had a school. we had a great drama teacher, but it was sort of like six of us were actually interested in it. The rest of them just thought they were getting a free GCSE. There you go, exactly. For me, it was it was one. Honestly, I was the only one who really was like, "Oh, I quite like this." And so then I went and did it outside of school. And that was my next was... question: When yeah, was that yeah. like? When did you sit down and be like, "You know what? I actually like quite fancy doing this as a job." It was, was kind of well. I didn't think about it as a job. Um, there was a moment when I was uh, younger than that and I'd, I'd massively got into Only Fools and Horses. Yeah. Uh, and David Jason became a bit of a idol of mine. And I, I, I wanted to be him. I didn't want to yeah. be an actor. I just wanted to be him. But that was when I was uh -huh. quite young. And then once I discovered acting, I thought, oh, this is cool. I quite like this and I couldn't sit down on my ass, mate. I couldn't, I couldn't sit down in an office. I knew I couldn't do that. Uh, I, I'm not, I'm very, I can't fiddle with stuff. So I couldn't do any sort of job that required patience. 
<laughs> you know, it's really weird that you say like about the the only fools and horses thing, because I have a really similar experience with Shameless, the okay. UK version, obviously, because we're not we're not dealing with the US version. <laughs> um, but that was sort of my thing. Like I, when I was like sixteen, uh, loved Shameless and uh, loved one of the actors in it, who I will just I won't name because he's a bit of an arsehole. Fair um, enough, we'll, we'll skip over it. Yeah, it, so they always say, don't meet um, sort of your idols. Um, <laughs> I realised that. So then, like, after school and secondary school and all that, you went to Bournemouth Uni. Yes. So so what was that like? Um, because obviously we have very different experiences at uni. Uh, it was, um, to be honest, I think the one thing I would say that kind of set me up well for it was what I did before which wasn't really college. I went to Miskin Theatre, which was uh-huh. a, uh, it's kind of, I would put it on a line with Brit school, but they're two entirely different functions, yeah. two different machines really. But <clears throat> it kind of set me up well for that. I remember when I joined, a lot of the guys that were there were kind of, you know, miffed by this, why are we wearing blacks and, this new way of teaching and they all found it quite odd. Um, Honestly, I love an all blacks. Yeah, I know. But the thing is, is some, some, some colleges you go to set you up differently. I feel for university yeah. and that, but, but I felt I was set up well for it and I didn't want to go to drama school. I found them. I just found them not for me. I'm I did. Gonna... I just got rejected on my 21st birthday. <laughs> So, on your 21st birthday i got my rejection email oh, for, on my 21st for that man i wouldn't have gone oh it I was not well i that. the audition was a couple of days before but i got the actual oh, email to say that i was shite on um my 21st birthday they must have seen your date of birth as well when they when they sent that back we were talking about it in the interview they must have seen your yeah there you go like, so I, I was literally like rub some salt in the wound in it that they that you probably walked out and they thought I oh, will give him a lovely fucking present. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it was uh it, it was a great experience. Like the the lecturers there were all taught at different drama schools. Um there was some incredible people there. Ellie Nixon, who was taught not only at the Jacques Lecoq school, but was taught by Jacques Lecoq. Yeah, um, it's just like you, you do come across that sort of like, I don't know the word that I'm looking for, but when I went to Edinburgh Uni, there were some lecturers there that were like, oh, wow, like, you've done it. And it's like, <laughs> oh, fuck, am I ready for this? Because that yeah. was like half of my problem. I was like, you're shite. You can't do it. F- fucking sit down. <laughs> um, That's just self-belief, man. I think, I think, yeah. you know, I, I think the thing is with unis is that, there's a real, there's a real mixed feeling towards them. Like I've, I've, I've always believed that, you know, you, you, you take the best from what, what you get. And at, at universities, the teaching is, is, is the same thing. You know, it's yeah. just a, a different, different amount. It's a different amount of practical that we do compared to, uh, you know, I've got lots of mates. My best mate went to Royal Welsh and, we went at the same, I went to uni at the same time that he went there. And, you know, we was always comparing what was going on. And it was just a case of more, more practical. 
on their side and yeah. our side wasn't. But but um, I'm sorry that you uh, you felt so shit about yourself. I mean, um, I, I learned a lot from it because um, when I dropped out, I was originally given the offer, like, come back in a year, come and see us in a year. And okay. I, I learned a lot about myself and what I could do. And I, I ended up being like, nah, I'm all good. Um, I'll just stay where I am in my own lane, thanks. But yeah, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't go back and change it because I, I learned a lot, and I've learned a lot in retrospect that I've still got the recordings of like when you go in, like you know, for like your feedback sessions with your lecturers. Okay. And yeah. I became, I listened to them back not long ago, and I became really apologetic. So instead of me saying no, actually, I think I'd done a good job and I, I'd done what was asked of me. I just became very, oh, I'm really sorry that I didn't manage to meet your expectations. Whereas now, I really wish I'd have been like, no, I, I, I think I'd done a good job. Like, so I've learned a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, mate, that's, but that's normal, isn't it? You know, yeah. the, the profession is, is brutal. Like, I'm not going to lie about that. It's, it's not pleasant. It's, uh, Sometimes it can be too honest. Oh, when I when I tell people what I do and I'm like, oh, I'm an actor and I write plays, they're like, oh, I'd really love to do that. I'm like, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> no, go go and get another job somewhere else. Well, you're not only protecting them, but we're also protecting ourselves. Yeah, I, I don't want competition. Yeah. <laughs> it's like what I, a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, I had one of my best friend's little cousins on who was like the last time I seen him, the height of shite, like year seven at school and just got into acting. And apparently, like, I don't know how true it is. He got into acting because of me, bullshit. Um, but he's so good. And he's got like brilliant headshots, like so good. And I'm like, Wait, maybe fuck. But I'm like, maybe. fuck, now I've got to compete with the little fucker. <laughs> yeah. Or you could just reap the benefits of him, stick a 10% on it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and, I'm uh, now your agent. And uh, yeah, you're his agent and then be his co-star and, and that'll be that. Love that. So while you were at uni, do you have like any standout, funny, like, you know, just like moments that are one in a lifetime? Yes, I do. There's actually one, but I don't really need to think any further than it because, <laughs> because the timing of it was the worst timing. It was... And I actually, I had forgotten because I think I blanked out from my memory and I was reminded of it about a couple of years ago. And anyway, it was, <laughs> it was, um, it was the first day. So, um, we love those first days. Yeah. It's the first day. So there you go. That's a fucking bastard already. You know, it's the first fucking day. <laughs> first impression you're making on every single bastard person there. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and obviously, as you know, you know, in in the game we're in it's very different to any other course you know so we all on the first day it's about introducing yourself to everyone yeah right? and we was all sat found it weird anyway first of all that we weren't in a circle used to being in a circle no circle i know we was okay. in rows yeah rows and they were chairs that were put out so they were in rows it was all a bit disjointed some were closer there is a point to me giving you this description, by the way. I, I'm here for it. Some of the chairs were a bit closer than the others. It was all just a bit all over the place. And when you had to introduce yourself, you had to stand up, say your name, where you're from. Um, it, hold on, it was where your name, where uh, your, your name, where you're from, 
Um, and I think that was it. I think it was just that your name, where you're from, and you know, hello everybody or whatever. You know, the random stuff that you have not to even do. a fun fact about yourself. No, I don't think there was fun facts. I can't. I think there might have been maybe, <laughs> or maybe it was that. Maybe it was your name and a fun fact about yourself. And I think most people just said where they were from as their fun <laughs> fact. You know, that we can't be bothered to go yeah. through our brain and say something weird as well. Again, yeah. first impressions. So everyone, blah, 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 we're going around the room and it eventually got to me. And I think I was like the second row from the back. I stood up. I looked like a proper chavvy as well. I mean, I am a chav. I would describe myself as a chav, but when I was 18 in a full on tracksuit, you know, cat, like I was, I was, I was trying to be as chavvy as I possibly could anyway. <laughs> Uh, and it weren't a nice tracksuit, you know. <laughs> um, Not been to the Nike outlet. No, nah, it was a bad one. It was a bad one. It probably weren't even matching, you know, it was that <laughs> bad. Um, so anyway, I've stood up and I said, hi, everyone, Harry Reid, I'm from Gravesend. And as I've sat down, I think because I was just so conscious of what I was nervous and I was conscious, I don't like being me, and I was conscious of my body, and as I went to sit down, I leant so far that my head smacked against the top of the chair that was in front of me. And I hit it and just then rebounded off the chair into my seat. And you know that moment where you do something that really fucking hurts, but you don't want everyone to just know. Like, breathe, yeah. breathe, breathe. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and everyone's laughed and people are going, Ooh, it's, no, there was it's just the collective there was the collective of, literally you know that and then a few makes it so much worse it was horrible mate that there was about five or six lecturers facing us <laughs> and i could see some of them going are you okay and i'm just like fuck off. <laughs> like leave me alone. <laughs> do you was... want me to make you feel slightly better about that please do please do uh, so we all know that when you do a course, that's coming. The name, the age, way from, the fun fact. Yeah. And I'm I'm a person that overly is prepared. So, like, I, I knew the intro of this podcast six days ago. I knew what I was going to say. So I'm, like, sitting there thinking, oh, what's my fun fact going to be? So we get there. I, I'm second name Noble, so I'm, like, roughly halfway through the list. Yeah. And getting there and I've got what my answer is so I'm confident like I'm gonna make a good first impression and then the boy before me stands up and says hi my name's xyz and I have a foot fetish and that just sent me flying I was like I don't know what I'm saying anymore can't top that one like mate you've just won the first impressions because people are going to be talking about that till we leave Oh, mate. <laughs> oh, honestly, I was like, you know, when you just look at somebody and they're like, did you just say what I think? Was that, a true, was that a true person? Was that a true thing or was that a lie? I don't know. I don't really like him. So I didn't really have an, <laughs> a good relationship with him after I, that. I would have wanted to have found out about that. I, I mean, I'll find out and I'll, I'll, I'll email you. <laughs> yeah, let me know, I'll I do the rounds. I, I mean, I, I find that stuff in quite fascinating how people can have that fish. yeah the, the courage like I, i'm ballsy and confident but i'm not getting up in a room and in front of a lot of people i don't know and telling them something like that um 
But talking about drama school and things, I'm currently in the process of auditioning again. So fun. Um, for the same place that rejected me <laughs> the last time. Um, so you've done it successfully and been through it all. What are your acting school tips for anyone out there that's listening and for me? Um, I think having your own journey is the most important thing about it. I think, you know, in any sort of um, entertainment field that any human goes into, comparison is the most deadliest thing to yeah. your progression. Like, I, I remember at, at college, and, and I refer to college sometimes a lot more than uni because Miskin Theatre was an interesting place. Like, there were some actors there that absolutely blew my mind and, and will go on to stuff and are slowly getting there. Um, and uh, and there was a, a group of actors there that were like the best. They were the best. They were the top boys, and 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 the others, including myself were just kind of pushed aside and you have to really believe in your own ability. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I can understand where you come from about where you feel like, cause I felt like that then at times and you kind of have to just, you really have to, you know, and, and again, the other thing is I'll tell you one other big tip is don't get caught up on the whole grading experience and you know, what grade did I get? And did I get a two one or a first? No one gives a fuck. No one gives a fuck. Honestly, you just want like a two one in case it all fucks up, so you can go and teach. Yeah, I mean that was that's great. And I, I got a two one. I was actually apparently I was very close to a first, but honestly, I could have got uh, I could have got a third. It, it doesn't matter as long as as long as you get through the course. Don't get and and I don't say that to people to to tell them to just you know, not bother with their essay. And I mean, stuff. it's not like a doctorate, is it? Like where you've got to actually learn how to cut a heart open. You're just fucking it's about not... on stage realistically, like you're playing. Exactly. It's just, I mean, it's about your, it's at the end of the day, it's acting. It's yeah. not, you're not, you're right. You're not going to go and write, you know, De Niro or any actor you want, Tom Hardy, you know, anyone doesn't get asked to do a dissertation before yeah. they do a film. It doesn't matter, you know. You 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 have to focus. You have to put the work into the the theory work, but but don't don't let the theory work or let other people's abilities shadow you in any yeah. way. Fuck yeah, them. I I'd I mean, agree. You just do your own thing, like. And at the end of the day, you're all the, the the best actors. There was there was actors on my class, and put it this way, when I succeeded in getting a, a, a decent role for myself and have gone on to do other decent roles it was not expected that I would be that person I was probably yeah. not one of the least but certainly not one of the most expected and there was actors on my my year that we all thought are oh, they're gonna be the ones you know and they got first you know they did incredible essays and they were also very good actors but now they're they're not they're not doing it. It doesn't really matter what you do in uni in the end up, is it? It's what you do in the audition room. Exactly. Exactly. Like, and and getting an agent as well, which is Yeah. They're so fucking hard. <laughs> I won't get into that because that's not about this step. So just do the drama school yeah. step first and then that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> like you're saying about like the top boys and that. We had because I went to college first and done three years. So technically I'm a drama school graduate, but doesn't it doesn't rhyme as much um yeah the top boy thing is like a real 
a real thing and I, d- I don't think I realised that but it's also like I think a lot of them now aren't actually acting and have moved on to a career like I write plays and um, my writing partner who I just wrote a play with we were supposed to turn it into a TV show and she's like yeah I'm kind of going to do an apprenticeship in admin and I was like oh okay wow. Thanks for, like, thanks for letting me know. Like, one of my best friends, I'm like, great. I'm also devastated because she's a fucking talented actress. But yeah. it's like, it's like, especially this year, I've seen a lot of people edge away from it. And I'm like, no, fucking worked for this. Perseverance is is one of the other skills. Yeah. And, it, and that, that comes with, you know, when you're getting knocked back from auditions because... People go for three auditions, don't get any jobs and think, what's what's the point? Oh, auditions are a full-time job. Yeah, man. And and do you know what? The one the one story I've always grasped onto, which I think everyone should, <laughs> is uh is is Buster Merrifield. He was mm-hmm. uh, Albert Trotter in Only Fools and Horses. Yeah. He achieved his first major role in his eighties as as Albert Trotter. You know, and, and you're I'm about like that all the time. Like I've been trying to be an actor since I was 15, got my first role at 60. Exactly. You know that you got to just grab onto that and just and just and, and you know, it, it comes like things come and it's all about perseverance and drama school or university or whatever it is, is a is a is as tough as you want it to be. Yeah. You know, if, if you believe in yourself and and you believe the things that you can do are, are good and, and you can be successful and you're you're impressive in your own way then 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 go with that you know don't don't allow what you perceive to be better than you affect you because yeah. actually what someone else perceives to be better yeah i just yeah i think you know do, doing your own thing and not letting other people overshadow you is is, is important Right, 23rd of September, 2014. Yes. We've got a new Ben Mitchell, and it's you. So what was, like, we don't have to go into it in, like, massive detail because I'm sure it's a long process. How long was the audition process for that? Not actually that long. Okay. Um, (laughs) And and the reason being is, and without blowing any sort of smoke up my arse, um... When uh, there was there was a, the first audition was fifth there was fifty apparently there was fifty bends right and uh, you can make a song out of it couldn't you so there was fifty bends um, and then by we we all did a a taped audition for that we just went in it was kind of a one in one out basis you know you got there there was two, two one person there he went in he come out you went in another one there it's that sort of thing um, and. Uh, and basically we did that and then it whittled down to 12, right? Yeah. Uh, then there was 12 of us. And then we appeared for that audition. And that was, again, just a simple reading to a camera. Um, and there was only 12 of us for that. And then it comes to the third audition. There was meant to be four of us. Um, and I went in. I was My time was at like, I think it was at like um, 11, something like that. I got there at 11 and no one was there, but it was a, po- you know, other auditionees and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and anyway, it was meant to be that day. I was meant to be reading with Steve McFadden. So obviously Big my, film. yeah, my ass was falling through that. <laughs> um, and um, uh, it got to about, I think I waited for an hour 
And then the casting director came out and said, oh, Steve's had to go for lunch. Do you want to just go and have some lunch? Then we'll do it after. Like, I'm already shit in my pants. You know, now I've got to go and sit in a place. And also I'm thinking to myself, but where the fuck's, how's that work? Isn't there someone else? Yeah, where's everyone else? Yeah, do you know what I mean? I was so confused, man. So anyway, when I had lunch, had the audit, that was quite funny meeting Steve, because Steve (laughs) is kind of, basically, he's very he's very different to Phil, obviously. (laughs) But he's he's your typical, like, he's your typical, uh, how someone would describe, like, an old school white dad turning up to pick his kids from school. You know, he's got, like, trainer socks on pulled up high with shorts and yeah. like a, a, a dirty top with an hole in it you know like yeah. a polo that's all roughed up you know what I mean he's also extremely short which was quite funny because I expected I just yeah. thought he was massive uh-huh. and I got up and was like oh hello <laughs> but anyway it was no we had that and it turned out that that audition was a fake and um and Dom Treadwell Collins apparently according to him and the casting director had kind of decided from the first audition that it was perfectly suited for me. And, and that was what they wanted to do. So honestly, it literally was about a week. That's it was about a week. Then. They all crammed in. Yeah. Had the audition two days, another one, two days, the third one. So yeah, it was literally about, about a week. And um, obviously overall. And then, and obviously, like EastEnders is like iconic. Um, what was it like walking on to Albert Square for the first time? Very weird. Yeah. Very weird. Yeah, yeah, it was. I won't lie, it was it was weird. I, I watched it as a kid. I didn't watch it from when I was at college and university. I'd stopped watching it for years, but everyone knows it. You don't forget what Albert Square looks yeah. like. And I think the weirdest thing for me was actually the layout of it. Nothing's where you think it is. Um, yeah. It's also a lot smaller than it looks on screen. Uh, the actual square, the grass patch, looks massive on camera. Yeah, it yeah, it's tiny. You can walk around it within less than 30 seconds. It's oh. tiny. Yeah, it's, it's a tiny little square of grass. Isn't it? The roads are like, they're, they're roads you can just get a car down. You I know, mean, that not- makes sense, doesn't it? Like, you're in the middle of London. Like yeah. We're yeah, all of us sitting out of here being like, no, it is like a little town. No, really, it's a little yeah. studio in the middle of yeah. the council estate. Like, it's tiny. Like, it's makes it's, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's tiny. It's tiny, man. It's not nothing. But it was weird. It was it was surreal and uh, and uh, and and yeah, it was. I you know, I loved it. It was a great time. So while you were there, I promise we're not going to talk about EastEnders forever. You were. Oh, it, you were involved in some like really good storylines. So you had like Abby Brannan's fake pregnancy, Ben's coming out, Paul's murder, um, the departure of Peggy Mitchell. Um, we're going to talk about a few of them, but Ben's coming out. What was it like to live through that? Because obviously EastEnders is filmed in advance and Ben's coming out was like the first coming out that we'd seen for, I want to say like a generation. It's the first one that I can remember. So like, well, what was it like to live through that and see like the, the reaction from the public? I I think Ben was I think when I took Ben on it was a weird time no one liked him he was I mean really does anyone like still like him Well I don't know I don't, I, don't <laughs> I mean he's always just been one of those characters that you sort of like oh get a grip mate I think yeah I, but the thing is is that there was this no one gave no one no one had any sort of empathy for him or compassion yeah. for him no one had anything for him and 
And that was, I inherited him like that. I remember when I was turning up, the, I saw comments on Twitter like, oh God, Ben's back, my skin's crawling. Oh, he makes me sick. You know, these sort of, that was the sort of feeling towards Ben. It was this slimy arsehole, this just... Because am I right in saying that the last time he'd left, he'd just killed off the beloved Hev? That also didn't help. Yeah. That didn't help. So no one really wanted him there. And the, the coming out thing, I'm actually... I'm quite glad that we got it done as quickly as we did. I think it could have been done quicker, um, only because it's not the first time that I wasn't the first Ben to to, to bring Ben out. You know, Josh yeah. did, um, and it was just kind of a repeated thing. But having said that, the storyline with Paul, which for me was you know the complete climax of it all, and the the you know the the the, the end of that. That, that coming out story. It was massive and, and it always lives long with EastEnders yeah. fans. And I'm very proud and and me and and uh, and Johnny worked really hard on it. And he was a, a absolute joy to work with. Um and so I'm I'm very proud of of what we did together and I'm very proud of that storyline. And and like I said, I'm I was glad that we got it done so we could kind of move on to to other areas because yeah. that was something he went through as a kid he didn't need to go through it anymore we was done with that mm -hmm. so the the other thing that i need to ask um i was i was telling some of my friends that i had you on the podcast and like there's always those videos that get shared around like iconic things that have happened so what i want to ask you is are you jealous that you didn't get to say the iconic ben mitchell line you need slapping down <laughs> Because I think I'm jealous that I didn't get to say that. Um, <laughs> just that line, not playing that part like at that time, just that line. Because I, I think I'm quite line. jealous. Um, well, it was an iconic line. I mean, listen, Charlie is kind of like the OG Ben, isn't he? Yeah. Um, and, and I accept that. Um, and I, I think, you know, I, I think... Uh, I did, do you know what? No, I don't have any. I don't have any jealousy towards not getting any of any of Ben's other thing. I think, I think I created some. Oh no, you did. It's just that lines like the ones that we that always. Lines, yeah, I I agree. I would. Uh, I should have. I should have tried nipping it in somewhere. Me and my friends on a night out. One gets a bit lippy. You need slapping down. He did come back actually, didn't he? He come back when I was there. I've just remembered. He come back. Yeah, it was. Um, uh, oh yeah, Jordan. Uh, uh, yeah, came back with the kids. I can't remember his name. It's Joven Wade, isn't it? I just remember the character was Joven, called Jordan. Yeah, the, the actor Joe. I'm sure his name. I'm sure you say it's Joven. I can't ever say it right. He come back and played him. I remember him coming back for a bit. I should have installed it then. That was my yeah. Fault. Again, you need slapping down again. Clearly. <laughs> Um, so right, the next thing that I want to ask is you literally went from like uni student to Ben Mitchell. Yeah. Is it then weird seeing the Ben Mitchell house online? The Ben Mitchell house, the man that's got like <laughs> more pictures in his living room of you than probably your mum does. Uh, yeah, it was. I mean, no one on the show had ever really had that sort of thing. And so everyone was quite amazed and shocked. I was I was touched, man. It was it was nice, you know. Um, Did you make uh, a profit off of a profit off of the Ben Mitchell clothing line? No, I bloody didn't, mate. And I did think to myself at first, <laughs> there's got to be some sort of copyright here that I can install. 
you know, I should be gaining something. I was waiting to see my face on a onesie at an awards night, you know, but that never materialized. Steve McFadden turns up in a onesie with your face on. Listen, you can buy some things that there's people tease me about it all the time. They're like, I just ordered my missus this for Christmas. And it's like my mates have texted me, uh, you can get cutouts, cardboard cutouts of me that are that are fucking taller than I am. To They're be fair. Six I should never get a cardboard cutout because I'm the really cocky person that would send them to all of my friends and be like, now you've got a little bit of me forever. <laughs> like I'm, I'm that type of person. But that that just made me laugh when I was like going through Twitter and doing like my research for this. And there's just a man with hundreds yeah. of pictures. It was, it was, yeah, it was a surreal thing. But obviously, yeah, like I said, I was touched, man. Oh yeah, 100%. Apparently, apparently my storyline helped him come out. And so that's, that's, that's what, what you want, isn't it? Yeah, that's what um, soaps are, are for. You know, soaps are for yeah. helping people. Um, they deal with real life issues. That's what drives them. That's what drives the story team. Is uh-huh. real life issues that needs to be touched on. And and so that's that's my job. That was my job while I was there, and and it worked apparently. So uh-huh. happy day. So like, just the last thing about EastEnders before we moved on. While you were there, you um, you got to work with some pretty iconic actors, national treasures. Steve McFadden, Adam Mudjat, June Brown, Dame Barbara Windsor. Uh, can we talk about Dame Barbara for just a tiny second? Because in my eyes, probably getting to act with her would be the closest that a human nowadays could get to acting with Shakespeare. So what was it like? Act, what was it actually like working with somebody who's like just a renowned national treasure? Um, I think getting to know Barbara trumped anything else. Um, working with her was obviously an absolute joy and it's something I will always hold. You know, it's now something that I can, I can also use as a joke, you know, if I'm having to clean my toilet and sometimes I'll just yell out that I, I worked with Dame Barbara Windsor, don't you know? Yeah. The toilet. Um, but, you know, I think Barbara was just um, uh, one of those people that just oozes. There's just like this aura of love and yeah. and so such a typical old school sweetheart that, you know, was flirtatious and fun and energetic and confident and so warming. I went to... Um, the Emirates with uh, her and um, her and her husband Scott um, and Jamie Borfit was there and it was me them and there were some other people there as well and we left the box at the end of the game and there was this group of lads sat at a table just away from us and they all looked over and and they all shouted out all right Babs all right darling how are you and she's saw them and gone over and she's gone hello boys and she's walked home and she's gone hello darlings how are you right lovely all you thought you know how you been how's your fam talking to them as as she knows them so i said i turned to scott and said oh did they just is that her mates or something and he went no i was like how she was and he went you know i don't know mate that's just a group of lads that are there and she's come (laughs) home and gone look after you and they're like lovely to meet you babs and i was like holy fuck that literally was just a great and i was just like that that is you know it really upsets me the way I like kind of the, the world is now in terms of um, how how people are allowed to approach each other. And there's certain things now that I don't know, kind of stifle that way of being, I feel. And Barbara is a typical old school character that lives that. And, and it's, yeah. you know, there's this 
there's this free there was this freeness about her there was no restriction to Barbara. There was no, and, and there was nothing nasty about her. There was nothing evil about her. She didn't have a bad bone in her body. And, yeah. and she's got such an incredible story. Oh man, her story. Like when they when they make a film about her, which they they will. They I'm should. Sure of, that. of course they will. It's just not, you know, it's a, that's too incredible of a person to not. And I yeah. know, well, I don't know, but I'm, I, I'm sure Scott would, would love that as well. I don't, I, I don't know, you know, but she was just, just a, a, a proper, proper national treasure because yeah. she weren't just a great actor. She weren't just uh, an actor that gave us some of the most iconic moments in telly. Um, she was a, a wonderful person and yeah. lovely person. And obviously at the great time of carry on, had a great set of breasts as well. So when you left EastEnders, how long was it before you booked Witness for the Prosecution? Um, okay, so I left. So I was on screen until January, but I'd actually stopped filming in November. Mm -hmm. I think November the 15th was the last day, I think. Um, and then um, I started Witness for the Prosecution in March the next year. So, like, uh, how was that swapping the square for the courtroom? Uh, it was fine. Yeah, I, 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 I. The thing is, is that um, I'd got to a point where I wanted to leave. Um, mm -hmm. I'd said to my agent, I, I want to give this another year, and then I want to go. I want to go and do other stuff. I never wanted to stay in one job. Yeah, you know, credit the ones that have done that, and and they want to do that, and you know, good luck to them. But I just, I don't. I, I get bored. Uh, not bored, but. I, I I just feel like I need to refresh. Yeah. Uh, and it's one of the um, best things about acting, you you go and do something and then later on down the line, that's that's done. Yeah. And now I'm gonna go and be a, a gangster from Ireland. Yeah, exactly. I don't know where that came from, but no, it's exactly like, right, man. That's that's one of the one reasons. Of the best things. Yeah, yeah. Instead of doing a, a job where it's a monotonous thing, I can't deal with that. And again, yeah. um, but my brain just gives in. Mm. Uh, so um so yeah so they gave me a kind of a nudge there because it was then six months and then they said look we want to move it in a different direction so i was i was more than happy with it um yeah and, uh, and then um yeah taking the job there um was a lot of fun and <clears throat> such a a pleasure um to work with some people and on that note as well massive rest in peace to uh to a uh, julian curry who i worked with mm -hmm. there judge who was incredible as well and a lot of laughs and an, a massive pain in the ass at the same time <laughs> you but, always get them uh, oh yes oh he played on it he played on it um and uh yeah no it was it was a great great thing and and i'd recommend people seeing the show because it's still going thankfully I... it's survived this this pandemic it seems uh, am I right in thinking, and I could be completely off because I couldn't find anything about it. Is that the one, is that the play where they have an audience member in the jury? So basically what it is, is, yeah, you have, um, so it's in a, it's in an old court. There's a, a courtroom in the county hall. Yeah. And the, the, it's in the round. So the stage is, you've got the stage here and you're in all the old court. It's a chamber hall. If you uh -huh. look it up, the county hall, you can see the stage. It's an old chamber hall. So I did look, I just couldn't like pinpoint it and I was like, oh, we'll try it. 
Okay, yeah. So they're seating up in the galleries, which would have been like the old overlooking galleries. You've got uh -huh. seating up there and then you've got seating around and then you can pay extra. Uh, I think it's not cheap. I think it's like £100 a ticket, something like that, um, to go and sit at, in, in the jury boxes. Um, mm -hmm. And there's 12 seats. Um, and then you get a notepad and a pencil. And, and basically, it's a great experience. Like my my uh, old man got to sit up there. I don't think I don't think my mum did it. I know my dad did it. Um, and it's really cool because although obviously everything's addressed to the room, you get most of the interaction. Yeah, you know, you're in judge, it. Yeah, the Different. judge speaks to you specifically. You have to stand up when he asks you to stand. You sit down. So you're stood when the audience is all sat down, they're all looking at you. There's one jury member that has to swear in and stuff like that. So do you want, do you want to know a funny story about, about that, that? Go job? for it. So that job was, we was on it. It was a nine month contract, which is quite long for yeah. that sort of show. Musicals, different story, but that is quite long. Um, I don't think they've done longer and I don't think they will all match that. I think they're all six now. Um, so anyway, we got to see quite a lot of different audiences. Um, and um, there was one night um, and that we had a couple of the, there was a couple of jury boxes free. Uh -huh. And two of the front of our staff went and sat there. And anyway, um, there was this guy who was sat there by himself who did the swearing in. He was on that seat. Mm -hmm. And um, basically I was sat there on the stage because I was the accused. So I was sat on the stage the entire trial, just in the middle. And I had to constantly look at the jury and look at everyone else as you would if you was in a courtroom, mm -hmm. right? And um, there was the, the guy was sat there and you could have plastic cups of beer, right? So anyway, he's drunk his beer and he's sat there and he's watching. And I don't know if it was something that he does all the time or if it was because he felt that because of the seat he was in, he couldn't go anywhere, but this cup that was empty disappeared. I know what you're gonna say. End. And yeah, uh, there was a bit of shuffling. Now, obviously, the two people next to him were on the front of house, and they 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 kind of went like this, and and then looked over at me, and I was looking, watching, going, "What the fuck?" And this recalling this beer, fucking reappears, full up. He sticks it on the top. No shame sticks it on the top pretends it's like beer or apple juice oh no you're leaving that on the floor sticks it on the top and then when they had to stand at the end of the first act because they have to stand while the judge leaves he stood up and he's fucking covered in piss he had light blue jeans on it was the worst and everyone's like the audience obviously constantly watch the jury because they find it funny that it's audience members and they've watched and they'll go <laughs> and you can see people going i'd kill myself and i'd, I'd just, just killed myself going, mate i'm i'm dying because i've got to sit there and look innocent and i can see this bloke as pissed in a cup whilst we're flipping during the show <laughs> So obviously at the at the interval we're all then chatting and I've gone, you see what the fuck just happened up there? And did he come back? He come back. He was there. He oh, was I'd there. Have been Yeah, yeah, no, he was back. Hi. Cup was gone. Um, I think I don't I don't think he had a drink. I don't think he had a drink after that. I think that was that. And uh and yeah, he made it through. Maybe. 
I mean, even if he'd have pissed himself after it, we wouldn't have been able to tell, to be oh, honest. Oh, I, I wouldn't have came back. Mate, it left. was... No, he, he was... And he, and he just kind of wrapped his top around him. He had I'd never got the theatre again either. Tied, like, yeah, no. He, I think he tied it backwards or something. Man, it was bad. <laughs> it was... But there was a lot of funny experiences there. I had I had hiccups one night, which... Oh, they're fun. Oh, they're not. Moving on. Uh, so on the podcast, I like to play a little game called Stage Right or Stage Shite. So we're going to play it now. Yeah. And I'm yeah. going to give you three little crazy scenarios. Two of them are true. One of them is Stage Shite. And it's your job to figure out which one is bullshit. Okay. So number one, I went to uni in the early noughties and my movement lecturer suggested I audition for the TV show Super Size versus Super Skinny. And then they've put in brackets, I'm a big boy. I can see that happening. Yeah. Because I don't know what these are either. Yeah. Oh, okay. Early 2000s as well. Yeah, there wasn't too... Yeah, okay. I yeah, I can yeah. see my lecturer calling me fat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Number two, when I auditioned for uni, I didn't learn my Shakespeare monologue. I just recorded my audition tape on an angle and read from an auto-cue app on my iPad. I got in and my Shakespeare monologue got brilliant feedback. I, I, okay, let's hear the next I've one. done this. I've read from really? an auto queue app yeah you've read from an auto queue app yeah you're taking the piss uh wasn't really that prepared um and sort of shit myself no but you just keep calling queue or line oh no it was for an audition it was for a video audition for college it was a college that i didn't get into and i was recording the video audition and oh, I saying. it changed last minute because they had sent out, I was meant to go on audition. I can't remember what happened. Um, and they sent out a different list of monologues that we had to learn. And the one that I had already learned wasn't on the new list. And I think I had like 12 hours or something to submit this oh, new video I, audition. I, I, I thought, okay, I thought you meant you stood in a room. Oh, no, I've never performed off of an auto cue. Right. I get my shit together for that. No, that's fair enough. Uh, but then again, I suppose I've done that before, but I've made it obvious that I'm reading it. I've not tried. Oh, I, I was trying to cover it up. Well, I'd done exactly uh, what this person, okay. it was a real monotone monologue, not going to lie. I can't remember what it was, but I'd done exactly the same thing as this person. I just went, hi, my name is Ingram Noble, and today I'm performing XYZ, and then just shifted myself onto an angle, and my iPad was, like, over there. That's that, yeah. Well, I use my MacBook, Um but yeah, I I'd done the exact same thing as this, but I didn't get in. Well, that might not be bollocks then. <laughs> um, and number three, my high school drama teacher tried to put on a musical about his life. It didn't end up happening. My, high, my, my, my what teacher? My high school drama teacher tried to put on a musical about his life. It didn't is, end up happening. Is, is, it, is this an American? I don't know, but that's the storyline to Summer Heights High. It is, isn't Mr. It? G musical. Yeah. So I'm calling bullshit on that even though Chris Lilly's like an icon. So I'm quite happy that he's like... I, I want to call bullshit on the, on, the, it, on the return, on turning to a side angle and reading off an auto cue. Only, only because they said I got in. That musical thing, though, that, that's Mr. G. It is, and the fact they've said high school, that's a bit of a giveaway. I mean, well, they call it high school in Scotland, but it's, it's the Mr. Really? Yeah, it's called high school here. Because I... Ah. I've lived in Glasgow my whole life and then I went to secondary school in Newcastle 
So I remember being absolutely ripped the piss out because I said I was going to high school. No, I wasn't. I was going to secondary. I should so know that my Scottish family would be ashamed. <laughs> I'm going to check actually which one's bullshit. So I'm I'm calling out the the high school drama teacher. Okay, well I feel like I should do the other one just so we can see who's right. Okay, yeah, it's Mr. G. That's the no. storyline from Summer Heights High. Yeah, it did sound a bit like that. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm sure I'd know this from somewhere. But as yeah. I'm reading it, I'm like, hmm. and they literally just just copy and pasted that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to text my friend after being like, thanks. First time I've had a real proper actor that's actually been paid to act and you fucking put Chris Lilly in it. Thanks. <laughs> could, could have made that a bit harder. Like, you know, the other times where they've been really hard and it's just been my friends from college and that on the podcast. Yeah, I thought that was what it was going to be. Yeah, and to put, first, first to time put I've got a proper actor on. Throw yeah. me off. I'm gonna be like, hold on. Yeah, thanks, thanks, mate. If you're listening, um, yeah, first time I had a proper actor on, and he fucking throws Mr. G in. <laughs> Love it. Right. Well, we've come to the end of the podcast. Um, thank you so much for coming on. That's all uh, right, mate. Thank you to right. everyone else uh, listening at home. If if you fancy, you can leave me a little review or a rating, and you can submit your theatre stories for stage right or stage shite and good ones uh, by emailing dramaschooldropoutpod at gmail.com. Uh, you can always find me on social media. All social media is at Ingram Noble. Where can they find you, Harry? Uh, you can find me at, on Instagram, which is Harry Reed Actor. Um, and my name's R-E-I-D, which is the Scottish spelling. It's in the, it's in the podcast art. Yeah, there we go. And then my Twitter's Harry Reed 16 as well. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. You've, you've come and you've ended series one of Drama School Dropout. We've ended it on a good note. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm privileged. First actor to reply to my emails. <laughs> well that's lockdown for you anyway I mean, yes. <laughs> thank you so much for thank you so much for coming on and doing the podcast uh, it's been a real privilege i am like a massive fan as i said oh, in the emails you. i was just trying to come off a little bit more professional well thank you so much for coming on um and thank you to everyone listening at home we'll be back in two weeks with series two uh, so yeah thank you Harry for coming on it's been thank a genuine like real privilege to have you on and thank you so much uh, and hopefully I'll see you in the future at some point yeah absolutely thank you man perfect thank you